Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada, and this is a podcast where I talk about all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for the week, and I share my thoughts, my ideas, my learning around that topic. I love learning about kindergarten, thinking about kindergarten, and evolving my practice over time. So having a place to have this kind of reflective practice and to push my thinking forward is such a great opportunity for me to be able to do that. This week, I'm going to be talking about a subject that I have been learning a lot about for like three years now, maybe even more, maybe closer to four years. And I still don't feel like I have anywhere near close to all the answers. So this podcast is really going to be about where my learning is at this point. And there are people who, you know, have a lot more knowledge around this subject who I am learning from and listening to. So I want to make sure I preface this whole conversation with that because I want to make sure that we're coming from the same understanding that I don't have all the answers and this is just what I'm doing in my classroom at this point. It doesn't mean that it is quote unquote, the right way to do it, or that there's not a better way to do it, or that I won't change my practice in the future. Um, I want to make sure I throw that out there before I get started. I'm going to be talking about literacy skills and bringing your students' literacy skills into reading. So once you've, you know, taught the basic phonics letters of the alphabet, how do you then get your students to start using them um, when they're reading and writing? So that's going to be this week's topic. But before I jump into that, I wanted to make sure that I remind you in case you or just let you know in case you haven't seen it, that uh, today is the last day if you're listening to this on um, the Tuesday that the podcast is released, that today is the last day to shop the Cyber Monday sale on Teachers Pay Teachers. You can save up to 25% off with the code Cyber22. I will make sure I will also put that code in the show notes. But everything in my store, including bundles, will be 25 percent off when you use that code so there's some great deals to be had and especially over the next few months I find especially like when you get into like January and February and you need those activities to keep students engaged those winter months um, this is a great time to buy all that stuff that you need for those few months because there won't be another sale for quite a while I don't think on on teachers pay teachers so um, go grab what you need to shop the cyber monday or the cyber sale I guess they're calling it on teachers pay teachers I will link um, some of my uh, favorites for this time of the year in the show notes for you I made a whole landing page over on my blog to just give you an idea of some of the things that I'll be using over the next few months if case you are looking some for something anyways let's jump into this week's podcast episode first of all I'm just going to say that this was a question that was asked of me over on my Instagram I had asked uh, some the educators that follow me what they wanted me to talk about this week on my podcast and quite a few people said that they wanted to know what the next steps were after you know teaching the basic letters of the alphabet to their students and what I was doing to teach my students how to use those phonic skills to read so if you don't follow me over on my Instagram make sure you are because I'm constantly asking questions for input and you know responding to questions over there And it's a great way to engage in a conversation with other kindergarten educators because I sometimes put it out to the like the people that follow me as well and they get to answer questions. So 
you know, there's a great like little community of uh, educators that are sharing all of their amazing knowledge and best practices, as well as just me asking questions and answering questions there. So I'm Creative Kindergarten blog on TPT over on Instagram. I will link it in the show notes as well, but you can start typing Creative Kindergarten and I will pop up (laughs) over on Instagram. But yeah, this is definitely something that comes up a lot when I talk to educators. Like, okay, my students know some letter sounds. What, what comes next now that they know some letter sounds like how do we make that leap from understanding that, you know, that symbol that we see represented and makes a sound making that leap to putting multiple sounds together to be able to read a word. And that is a huge leap. Like if you're thinking of that cognitively, the, you know, connections and the synapses and the brain development that needs to happen to be able to make that leap is huge. So I'm just gonna, my first thing is it's a lot of practice. And so I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like in my classroom. But first, before students can read, they need to know that code. So we obviously start with our phonics routine. I've talked about this multiple times in the past. I will link in the show notes for you some blog posts about what my phonics routine looks like. I'm almost done all the letters of the alphabet. We've been pushing out three letters at least a week for the past few weeks. We're almost done our um, phonics, like our basic alphabet um, phonics knowledge. And so uh, we've been doing that since the beginning of the year, almost done. And just because I am done teaching each letter of the alphabet doesn't mean I'm not going to go back and review it once we're done. So once I'm finally done teaching all the letters, I've been assessing their knowledge every month since the beginning of the school year. What I'm going to do is I'm going to assess their knowledge one more time and then I'm going to see if there's any common threads. Like let's say the letter, um, I'm trying to think of a letter in my class that is just not sticking really well. Um, the letter, usually it's the letter Q or the letter G, um, that those are a couple letters that, you know, just don't seem to want to stick in students' minds, the letter Y. Um, we're going to go back and review any of those letters that are not sticking as like a whole group. If I'm seeing any trends across all the students in my classroom, I might go back and review a certain letter. But I'm also reviewing letter sound knowledge every single day with my students. That's what I start our morning meeting with. I start with a letter review. We go over each letter and sound that we have learned so far. Um, I either do it by writing the letters on the whiteboard. I do it by showing them the letters that I have on a ring. I do it by throwing out a letter sound and they have to tell me what letter that is. I do a lot of different ways to review letter sounds with my students, but I do that every day. And that is like the key, most important part is just to keep reviewing those letter sounds and keep, you know, um, reviewing them every single day. So that is truly something that's going to make a difference because you want to develop that automaticity with letter sounds. So when students do start reading words, they're not struggling to remember the sounds that the letters are making in the words. You want it to be automatic for them so that they can recall them really quickly so that when they're reading words, they're not forgetting, you know, what sounds they said first because they're trying to remember, you know, the next sound that they hear. So definitely that's your first step. Keep reviewing your letter sounds. Um, Once I do all the letters of the alphabet and then I clean up any, I usually clean up any consonant sounds that they don't know. 
in January, what I'm going to be starting to do, because we're going to be budding up until our winter break pretty soon, um, in January, I do a vowel boot camp where I go through vowels and I just hit them with the vowels over and over again. So long and short vowels. We've already learned the long and short vowels, but vowel sounds are so difficult because your mouth needs to be open and unobstructed for every vowel sound. They all sound pretty similar. So it gets really hard to distinguish them, especially when you are um, sounding out words or when you're reading words. Um, you want to make sure that students can uh, really develop again that automaticity with vowel sounds. So I hit them with a vowel boot camp <laughs> in starting in January, where we go through those long and short vowel sounds to really drive them home. And then um, again, I'm still reviewing all of our letter sounds, but I call it my vowel boot camp because we really hit in on vowels during that period of time. And I do a lot of vowel activities. I do a lot of um, CVC and CVCE word reading with them to really um, reinforce those vowel sounds. But yeah, vowel sounds. And then after vowel sounds, I usually go into digraphs. And then after digraphs, it just depends on what my students are needing in their reading and writing. They, you usually see like some trends in some of the sounds that they need. Like I'm already noticing that when students are writing, they need the SH digraph. Um, so that'll be another one. They always, always, so for some reason, need the ARR controlled like R sound. That seems to be a big one. So what I'll do is I'll pick sounds because our school board or our province does not have a scope and sequence for us. So... I just follow the lead on what my students need at the time to be able to help them become better readers and writers. Hopefully at some point we'll have some kind of scope and sequence that I can follow, which would be fantastic. But at this point, I'm just kind of following the lead of my students and it's kind of like a trend that I've seen every year. They need that AR sound. They need the ING or NG ing sound. There's a lot of different sounds that kind of pop up the two O sounds. Um, a lot of different ones that they just seem to need consistently um, over the years as I'm teaching them. So I'll go into those. So I'm not stopping teaching phonic skills to my students. I'm constantly building on their phonic skills. And then I'm giving them the opportunities and whole group to practice those phonic skills with me. So we'll uh, read words that have those sounds in them. We will write words that have those sounds in them. We will like play around with those sounds. So in my whole group, I'm also practicing those sounds with them. I'm starting to do um, like letter challenges with my students where uh, like the other day I shared it on my Instagram as well where I wrote the ending sounds of some words and the students had to listen to the beginning and sounds tell me the sound that they heard and then tell me the letter that makes that sound and we filled in the words to go along with that so that's like a whole crew whole group challenge that I did on the whiteboard with my students so I like to incorporate as many games, as many opportunities to practice as I can with my students when we're learning the phonics skills, because they need that practice in order to be able to understand how to read, because you're going to like you're kind of bridging that jump for them. So when you do start to ask them to read, this isn't like a skill that is coming out of nowhere. I'm constantly practicing it in whole group and modeling it for them. So then when we make that jump to reading words, you know, they have some kind of foundation, some kind of like background knowledge to rely on. Um, also in whole groups, once we start learning uh, any kind of letters, so at the beginning we started to learn S-A-T-I-P-N, let's say. I was already starting to blend 
two letter sounds together so that students could read them. So I put it, would put an I and a P together. And I would say, what does that say um, when we put an I and a P together? And they would stretch it out like ip, ip. And I would ask them, is that a real word or a nonsense word? And they'd go, nonsense word. And I'm like, great. And then I would put an A and a T together and we'd read at, at. Oh, is that a real word or a nonsense word? That's a real word. I am at school. And so we already started blending two sounds together as soon as we knew any kind of sounds. Because beginning with two sounds is a lot easier than starting with three sounds or four sounds or five sounds or whatever you want to start with. But just starting to like build those connections between words and letters is really important. So we just started blending two sounds together. And we practiced it as a whole group so that even students that weren't ready to necessarily blend two sounds together are hearing it from their peers, which I think is really powerful. You know, they're seeing it modeled. So even if they aren't quite getting there, they're seeing it modeled. It's building, you know, those are little foundational blocks in their brain so that when they are ready, they already, again, have that background knowledge to get them started. So just whole group blending two sounds together was really fantastic for my students. We've been practicing that since we started the alphabet um, back in September. Um, we've been practicing blending two sounds together. And so again, we just keep building. I've been building on that phonics knowledge throughout the school year. And then um, these past like couple weeks, I've been starting to pull some small groups to see where my year two students. So in Ontario, we have year one students who, or our JK students that are in their first year of kindergarten. And we have year two students because our program is a two year program. So our year two students have already had a year of kindergarten and usually have a lot more background knowledge when it comes to phonics skills and reading skills. So I started with my year two students. I started pulling them into small groups to kind of see where they were um, in terms of reading skills. <sighs> reading skills require a lot more than just phonics. I will throw this out here. Um, and they need uh, some practice with phonological awareness and specifically phonemic awareness. We use Hegarty for that in my classroom. So my students have been practicing a lot of phonemic awareness skills with onset and rhyme, syllable awareness, uh, beginning sounds, ending sounds. We've been practicing a lot of that. So I did an assessment on them. We have this book in Ontario called Oral Language at Your Fingertips that has uh, a phonemic awareness or phonological awareness. I don't know if it's all phonemic awareness, but uh, phonological awareness um, assessment in it. And with that phonological awareness assessment, I was kind of able to track where my students are in terms of like segmenting and blending words. And I was able to pick out a few little outliers that I needed to make a small group with to just practice some onset and rhyme, some syllable awareness with them. So I have my group that of those little peanuts that I am practicing those skills with. But the rest of my group was like ready to, you know, jump into blending and segmenting CBC words. And so I just have CBC word cards. Literally, it's just CBC words are constant vowel consonant words. And so it's like bag, nut, sun, bug, bed. So all those little words, I was pulling out those words and just having students practice sounding out each letter and then blending the letters together. 
they, because we have been practicing this, this is not a new skill for them because we've been practicing it as a whole group. So a lot of them were very successful in doing this. And so I was taking notes as I was doing this CVC word. It was kind of half an assessment, half a, like a, a practice for them because I was able to write down my students who um, were able to read the words and students who were having trouble reading the words. And then I was able to, sometimes they were reading them, like sh not surprising me, but like because um, I hadn't done this kind of group with them, I hadn't realized that some of them were just like reading CVC words with no issues. And so I was able to stop reading the CVC words and we have some decodable texts in my class. We have some decodable books. I was able to take those deco uh, decodable book and start reading decodable books with them. And so there was two of my students that I just stopped doing CVC words and I picked out a book and we started reading a book instead. Um, I have one student who's just reading. She she just reads. Um, I, I Mom was saying that we did a great job teaching her how to read and I said, no she just something is just in her brain where she is just able to read any text that you put in front of her so with her I've just been reading books for the past couple months because she that's where she's at but for these other two peanuts that I was reading CBC words with I realized very quickly like oh they're just ready to read a, uh, some sentences they're ready to read books so I was able to pick out some decodable books and we just started reading those instead and I made note of that to read I'm not gonna keep reading CBC words with them if they're just ready to read decodable books so I made note of that that there's those guys that I'm just going to read some books with them. Some friends needed help. Like they could decode, um, like the, like they, if they were reading the word sun, they go sun, un. And so they were able to pick up that ending sound, but they weren't able to add in the beginning sound independently. Because if I said, okay, let's add the beginning sound sun, they were able to say, oh, sun. Um, but independently, it was still not there. So for them, I'm just going to keep practicing with them those CVC words and ensuring that they're hearing that beginning sound and making sure they're adding all three sounds when they're reading words. In my experience, with some practice, like that just becomes you know, the norm, they just, they just pick it up. And then after a couple of practices, they're just able to hear all three sounds and we're able to go again, just read CVC words and move on to books. Um, if, you, if a student's having a lot of trouble with it, I do have a book that I reference all the time called Next Steps in Literacy Instruction, Connecting Assessment to Effective Interventions. Um, and what it does is basically like if you do an assessment and you're seeing that they're missing that onset and rhyme capacity to blend onset and rhyme, like there's a section in that book that has activities for you to be able to work on, you know, that skill with your students. So those um, three that I were talking about, I was talking about at the beginning that I did an assessment on that are having trouble even at the syllable level, I went into that book and I picked out some activities to do with them. So I'm doing those in small groups. So that book is a really great one. If you are having trouble figuring out what to do um, as a next step with your students, uh, I will link it in the show notes for you if that is something that you want to take a look at. I was able to use my, um, I had professional learning funding. I was able to use my professional learning funding to 
buy that book so I didn't have to pay for it so just FYI but I would have bought it regardless and every educator that has asked me questions about next steps in like uh, helping struggling readers to read I have shown them this book and it's like blown their mind and they've been like oh my gosh goodness this is exactly what I needed and they have been really excited about it so it is definitely a resource that I have recommended to others in the past and others have really um, enjoyed having as a resource in the classroom. So it's called Next Steps in Literacy Instruction, Connecting Assessment to Effective Interventions. Again, I will link it in the show notes for you. And you can always reach out to me if ever you need a link to anything that I mention in the podcast. But um I've only been doing this for a couple weeks and every student that I'm working with with CVC Words is moving along. So I haven't had to reach into the book just yet for that. But if there is a student that I'm seeing is not progressing, I will reach into that that um, to that book and see what I can do. One of my students I noticed right away, it's the automaticity with letter sounds. Um, he's just not quite fast enough in saying the letter sounds as he's reading. So by the time he reaches the end of s, uh, n, and he gets to the n sound, he's already forgotten that the first sound was s because it's not fast enough for him to make those connections. And so I really know with him, I'm just gonna practice letter sounds with him and really reinforce and get them at that automatic level. So when he is reading sun, it's not s, uh, mm. and then like he's already forgotten this. I really want him to be like sun, sun, sun. And so you once you see that developing, um, it becomes a lot easier for them to read. So that's basically the progression of skills that I'm working with with my students. I'm starting with. Um, letter identification and letter sound knowledge and then we're moving to the word stage and once we're at that word stage we're moving into those decodable texts there's a lot of free ones available online if your school does not have them um, does not have any kits for you um, I will put in the sh show notes I use flyleaf publishing a lot um, they have a great collection of online free books I've also used another um website that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head to print out some books to have in the classroom. Uh, I, I find that we do have a set of decodable books, but I think it's a set of like maybe 10 or 15 books. And again, that student that's just reading, I've been reading decodable text with her because I want her to be, because there's like exclamation points and question marks. So we've been um, working on our fluency and reading with expression with those decodable books even though she can just read she does love to sit down and read with me so I've been pulling out those books but she's gonna be finished that whole set of books and she doesn't mind rereading she's really great but we're gonna be finished that whole set of books by the time we get to winter break so I was trying to find some um like later ones for her so I think I'm gonna be using that website that I can print off books for her again I will link all of those in the show notes I apologize that I can't remember the name of the the ones with the principal books but flyleaf publishing has some great ones that i've been using as for whole group instruction as well for reading and um that you pop them up on your computer or on an ipad and students can read right off the off of your device and so it's great to even send home to parents if you want to send something home for families to read they can read them right on an, a, a device of some kind so yeah um again phonics instruction and reviewing like letter sounds key then start with decoding even if it's nonsense words two letter words like ip or 
uh, and then again, if you move into like um, high frequency words, like in, it um, are two um, high frequency words that we see a lot that can be decoded. Like in and it are very easily to decode at another one that's very easy to decode. And so those two letter words, you can start mixing in some real words with some nonsense words, just get them decoding two letter words. Then from the two letter words, we make the leap to three letter words. And for some students that is difficult because they either forget the onset or the rhyme, the beginning sound or the ending sounds for the words and so really getting them to blend the all of the sounds together can be a challenge for some students and i find that once they're pretty decent at decoding those three letter sounds they're ready to move into a decodable text and they're able to start reading words and I, I opened the first decodable text with my first student and I got them to start pointing at words and you know the first couple page like first couple sentences they were trying to figure out what in the world was happening and then it's like something clicks in their minds and they're like oh my goodness I can just read and then they just start reading words again they're still sounding out words but they're starting to develop some fluency some automaticity and I go back and I reread books with them. So I did the level one books with those two uh, friends that were just able to read CVC words. So I'm going to go back next time. I'm going to reread book one and then we're going to start reading book two and see how far we get into book two. Uh, because I want them to be able to come back and, you know, there's a lot of high frequency words in them as well. I want them to be able to read those again, developing that automaticity, that fluency while they're reading. So I hope that was helpful. Um, I do also start in January, probably I'm going to start doing some heart words and those are high frequency words that students, um, don't have the phonic skills yet to decode. So if we're talking about the word, uh, is, so if you're saying the word is that S sound at the end of the word doesn't say it's not is, it's not is, it's is. It's that Z sound. So we're going to use the heart word method. And I've talked about this a lot where it's just some parts of a word we need to know by heart and able to read it because we don't have the phonic skills yet to be able to decode it. So is or as was are all those S ending sounds and high frequency words that say that Z sound. So I'm going to explicitly teach those high frequency words that my students need in order to um, read them and read them in texts, but they, they need to know that there's like a special, not a special rule, but that there's a different rule that goes with one of the letters in that word. There's also words like the, like decoding the would be an absolute nightmare for my students. So I'm going to teach them how to read the using the heart word method. Um, because they won't be able to decode that on their own. They first, we haven't learned the digraph TH and then the E doesn't say A, it's not the, it's the uh. Why is that E making that uh sound? And so um, that's the heart word method of where I'm gonna explicitly teach them the parts that they need to know by heart. For the, it's gonna be all of it. For is, it would be the S sound that they would need to know by heart. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head of high frequency words that have irregular spellings in them. Another one would be something like said, said, that AI sound is making um, an irregular vowel sound pattern that my students would not have been taught yet. So I would have to explicitly teach them that they can hear this part, but the a part in the middle for said, they would need to know by heart. And then you put a little heart over it. There's a whole method to teaching it. 
Um, and then the d part at the end that they can hear is fine. So this and the d they can stretch out, but it's just that middle sound that they would have difficulty with. Um, that's the part that we need to learn by heart. Um, and that's the heart word method. I will link that in the show notes if that's something that you're looking for. But again, I have not really started, you know, explicit, like not, not explicitly teaching sight words, but I've been teaching sight words with them, high frequency words with them, like in, it, um, can, I, there's all kinds of, uh, high frequency words that students can just decode and read that I don't need to like spend a lot of time on because it's just ones that when we're doing our blending practice that we just come across regularly anyways. So anyways, that is my little spiel about teaching students how to move from letter sound knowledge to reading words. Again, it's just a lot of practice and a lot of explicit instruction in it. Um, I am pulling one student at a time for some explicit instruction. I'm trying to hit every student at least twice a week. It can get difficult. Um, I don't know if everybody else is running across having a lot of sick, stu sick students. So I'm not like some students are just not there um, to be able for me to see them twice a week. But I'm really going to try seeing students twice a week to be able to, you know, really explicitly teach them the skills that they need. I'm writing down every time I do a small group with them. I'm writing down what I've seen, what I think their next step should be. I'm referencing that literacy instruction book that I just talked about. And I'm taking like mental notes in my head as well. Of like, oh, if I'm seeing a trend across all the students that I'm pulling into small groups, like, now, what can I do during my large group instruction to help, you know, the majority of my students move forward in their learning as well? So there's a lot going on and it kind of sounds like a lot when I'm saying it in a podcast episode, but really, you know, I'm practicing these things at different times of the day and it's been stuff that I've been doing since September and it's just as, um, as we're learning new things and bringing it in. And at the same time, we're still doing phonological awareness through Hegarty. We're still doing phonics instruction and phonics review on a daily basis. We are still doing oral language. We're still doing vocabulary instruction through read alouds. You know, all those other elements to make good readers are happening all day throughout the room in different ways as well. And so, you know, your small group instruction or your large group instruction is just part of the puzzle that makes um, strong readers. And so whatever you're doing, you know, you can always just add maybe one more thing into it if you feel like you're ready. But that is what has been working for me. Again, like I said at the top of this podcast episode, I am not an expert. I am just learning and growing my practice along the way. Uh, this is what has been working for me right now, whether that changes by next week or next month. That's okay with me. I want to keep, you know, knowing and doing better for my students. So I am okay with uh, reflecting on my practice and growing my practice in different ways. So right now, this is what's working for me and my students. And I'm really having fun with them and making it exciting for them. You know, like, this is an exciting moment. They're learning how to read. This is a huge accomplishment for my students and I wanna make sure that they know just how amazing that is. And you know, if they're not able to, to code a whole CVC word, but they're able to add a beginning and an ending sound together and they're able to 
make a word through that like that is still a huge step in the right direction and we want to celebrate every little win that they do you know i had i've talked a lot about my year two students but i had a couple year one students when they saw the year two students reading they asked to come over and try it with me and i quickly discovered that two of my year one students are reading cvc words and it was just I called my teaching partner over and we did a little celebration with them. And I told their families at the end of the day when they came to pick up, I'm like, I'm like they're, they're starting to read words. Like for some kids, you know, it, it comes a lot faster. And for some kids need a lot more explicit instruction, but celebrating whatever, whatever level your students are at with them is really important so that they see themselves as readers, as they see themselves as writers because, you know, I want them to be excited about this. I tell them that I want to teach them to be good readers because I want to open the world for them. Like if you can read, you can learn about whatever you want to learn about. And so if I give them the keys to that, I want to open that world for them. And I want to give them the keys so they can step through and start reading and writing whatever they want, because I want them to be readers and writers. And I make that exciting for them. I make that um, special for them because it is special. And, you know, as a kindergarten educator, that you know keeps me going because, you know, there's parts of this job that are really hard. But seeing the moments when kids start to read is just such, it's like such a special part of their journey that I get to be a part of. So I'm really excited about the progress that's being made with my students and even those students that are still at, you know, the, the, the sound level of words or just the sound letter, sound level at the letter level, does that make sense? That's still okay. We're going to still practice and reinforce with them. And, you know, one day I'm hoping it's going to click for them. And with that practice, things are going to start progressing. But again, there are going to be those students that are just reading and that are just able to pick up a book and start reading sentences and you're going to say wow this is great and that's fantastic I'm still going to work with those students but there are some students that need a lot more explicit instruction you know continuing that whole group instruction but then they need a lot more small group instruction and that's okay as well and we need to celebrate the wins with them as well because um you know, some students just need a lot more in that area and that's okay. And we know from research that those students benefit the most from all, everything that you're doing. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Let me know what's working for you in your classroom. I will link all of the resources that I mentioned in this podcast episode in the show notes, but you can always reach out to me over on my Instagram. I also have a blog that I post all of my um, ideas to, all my blog, um, all my podcasts are being added to my blog. So you can go back and see previous show notes on podcasts and you can see a lot of resources that I've been using over there. So make sure you go onto my blog, onto my Instagram and yeah, reach out to me anytime with any questions that you have. I love having questions to direct these podcast episodes to see where other educators are and what they want to hear more about. But thank you again so much for joining me. If you're not already following me on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on, make sure you follow me so that you are updated whenever I put out new episodes of the podcast, which are usually every Tuesday. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me and I will talk to you all next time. Bye.